Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. Back here with your host, Nick Osen. This week was certainly not short on info, storylines, or headlines. We've got a lot going. Cyclones got their seeds tonight in both men's and women's basketball. We will be previewing the men's game, touching on a little football recruiting, and then, of course, doing our wonderful Q&A mailbag. So, thank you for tuning in. It's time to catch up on the clones. The big news tonight, Iowa State officially dancing again. After not being in the tournament for a couple seasons, they are back. The job led by TJ Otzelberger, Isaiah Brockington, the revamped staff, and the whole team. Truly, I think we as a collective, as well as the fans, obviously need to just take a step back and think, of course, there were some bumps in the road, and you'd like to see some wins if you're a fan in the actual tournament. But to go from 2 to 20 wins, one of the toughest conferences in the country, and to be dancing again, truly, it's impressive. And I've been blessed and honored to be covering this team this year. I'm very excited to be covering the future of this team as well. So things are very exciting here in Ames. Iowa State got an 11 seed. They will face the six-seeded LSU Tigers in Milwaukee. Now, of course, we will circle back to this. Blessed to say that is in my home state. So that adds yet another storyline. But focusing on the court, the way some things kind of went down in the conference tournaments this weekend and the fact of how Iowa State really showed up at the Big 12 tournament, which was obviously not very well, they got down-seeded. And now I thought that they would potentially be a 10, hopes of a 9, potentially a 10. They fell down to the 11. Now, I'm not sure that was warranted. However, I think that they will absolutely be happy with the place. Milwaukee It's a spot where Iowa State fans can travel relatively easily if they have that type of transportation. Coach Otzelberger, who was very kind of in a jovial mood about that context, talking about what it means to be playing in Milwaukee. Tyrese Hunters from Wisconsin. Assistant coach J.R. Blunt has the connection there as well. Now, it's going to be really interesting. But on court, I would not look at this as a necessarily – great matchup for Iowa State because LSU plays a lot of how the Cyclones would like to play. Fairly physical, very defensive-minded, turnover-oriented. They actually lead the country in steals and are, I believe, top five in Ken Palm-rated defense. However, it's something that Iowa State is not necessarily going to be new to. They played a lot of Big 12 defenses, which were very tough. I think that the team is due for a really strong Isaiah Brockington game. And they should have the home court advantage with more fans traveling from here in Iowa than Louisiana. Eason is a good player for the Tigers. Darius Days, they have pieces, a lot of versatility. But on top of all that, they just actually fired their coach for some sanctions going on with the university. You you have to kind of wonder what effect that will have, if any. I won't necessarily make a prediction yet, but I do believe that the five and a half to six points that Iowa State is getting as an underdog seems to be on the higher side. I anticipate this game going down to the last three or four minutes. I admittedly have not watched a ton of LSU this year, but I would not be surprised at all if Iowa State can win this game, which evidently if they won, they would face my alma mater in Wisconsin, likely in the next round. And that's a matchup where 
Iowa State and Wisconsin, there's a difference in star power, at least a little bit, as the Badgers have Johnny Davis. But the play style would actually work more in Iowa State's favor. Obviously cannot look ahead right now, though. Really tough matchup. That'll be Friday night in Milwaukee between LSU and the 11th-seeded Iowa State Cyclones. It was another big week in recruiting. We had some major updates on the site. One big one was J.J. Cole. Now, I've said that I'm close to putting a crystal ball for Cole. That may actually be out by the time some people listen to this. My reporting, people I've spoken to close to the recruitment and then actually being able to talk to the talented quarterback multiple times recently, twice in the last few weeks. Ironically enough, he just got offered by Wisconsin, and I think that might have a little effect in terms of his interest and at least looking into it. But I believe things look very good for Iowa State with J.J. Cole right now, and my crystal ball would tell that shortly. I'll also be catching up with Kai Black, one of the top receiving targets for the Cyclones this week. And Jamison Patton here in the next couple weeks, one of their biggest targets regardless of position. Very excited to be covering the tournament in Milwaukee. So we will be talking about that more throughout the week and a little bit in our questions. And the recruiting stuff is always kind of flowing in the site. And I appreciate everyone's interest, of course. Now, it's just about time to get into my favorite part, the Q&A mailbag with all of you very dedicated Cyclones fans. First question. And this leads very well. This was not scripted. And it comes from kind of what we were just talking about to lead the show. What is the most impressive part of Iowa State's basketball turnaround this year? Now, I saw this question earlier, and this is something that I've really been thinking about. I think the most impressive part isn't just the win total. It's not just that they got back into the tournament. I think it was the full buy-in from so many guys, particularly guys that didn't necessarily have this rich you know, history in Iowa State, a lot of transfer players, players coming together and buying in, freshman Tyrese Hunter, then you've got Brockington, who we mentioned, Gabe Kalsher, Jazz Kuntz. And that's something I, I wish I could have been here for the whole season, right? But that I've seen the last few months, you know, maybe it's wavered on the court a little bit in terms of defensive buy-in, but the team would not be nearly where they are in this position, sitting in mid-March. If you didn't have that from every player in the rotation, going from Isaiah Brockington to Robert Jones, Jaden Walker, you're not likely going to get PT with Coach TJ Otzelberger if you're not bringing it on the defensive end. That's something that I did not see a ton of when I watched the Big 12 growing up. And it's been a pretty cool revelation both to see it and obviously to cover it with this team this season. Next question. What is an event you would like to cover the Cyclones playing in? Now, I'm blessed to say that I'll be able to knock one off this week with the NCAA tournament. Although I don't know if I'm going to be here for 10 years or 30 years, I do see myself doing this in the long term. So I will be a little optimistic and say something like an Elite Eight or a Final Four. I have covered a Sweet 16, so I would love to cover the Cyclones playing in an event like that. Obviously, most of you know by now, I grew up a little bit more of a basketball fan than really any other sport, and I feel it's the one I'm most knowledgeable with. 
And I have also heard some ridiculous stories about the intensity and some of the fandom in the Cyhawk game. I have not been able to cover that yet for any sport. And my first opportunity will likely be on the football field this fall. And from what I've heard, I truly cannot wait for that. Obviously not sure how it's going to go down, but covering the Iowa State Cyclones, that has to be a game that I'm very interested in covering against the Iowa Hawkeyes down the road. My friends and loyal subscribers are making me think a little bit. Take a shot in the dark at next year's starting lineup in basketball. So I like that this was fr- how this was framed. No real pressure, and you know some of it might be conjecture, some of it might be connecting the dots. This moment, mid-March, point guard Tyrese Hunter. Now I have, you know, mentioned publicly and on our boards that I would not be shocked if Isaiah Brockington, of course, as long as he's playing college basketball, right? If he is playing for the Iowa State Cyclones next year, so I will say him at the two. From what I've heard, things look promising for a Gabe Kelsher. I'll stick with him at the three right now. Now, it kind of depends on where you pencil in the following players, but I believe Trey King will be starting. So let's put him at the four for now. I do think Jazz Koontz is back, but I don't think he necessarily starts. I think that there's going to be some action in the transfer portal, potentially a Jalen Ganey. I believe an Ivy League transfer there or... He is not in the transfer portal, and there have not been any reports, but it just would not shock me if a player like a Joey Hauser or a Dawson Garcia entered. I've heard some rumblings. They may not necessarily love their current situations. Those play styles would match very well here in Ames. I have heard and, and would report that the team is anticipating to be active in the transfer portal, and that's not breaking news, especially when there's a chance you lose so many guys after being so active already like this year. What are you hearing in regards to the offensive line play and depth from spring ball? Anything really sticking out to you? Well, this won't surprise too many. I've, I've of course heard glowing things about Trevor Downing, one of the top linemen in the country on the field. But what I will say is along with the wide receivers, I've heard that that group has kind of been the most impressive in terms of talent and depth when you go from freshman to senior so far. I've heard really good, strong things about that group. And then the fact that Downing has really taken on more of a a vocal leadership role, per se. I've heard that from multiple people, including Coach Campbell himself in a press conference, Coach Matt Campbell. So that is something that I would certainly consider a a takeaway or something that I'm hearing for the offensive line. And I really like a question like that. I look forward to getting more of that when we get a couple more media availabilities and, of course, the open practices, which are a revelation in themselves and coming very soon. Do I hear anything regarding NIL when I'm speaking with recruits or is that, quote unquote, hush hush? I would say in general, that is kind of considered hush-hush. I've had one or two recruits maybe allude to it in kind of like a disguise, not necessarily super clear way. I don't think that most guys that come to Iowa State are looking for that as one of the main factors, and that would obviously explain why I might not hear about it that much. 
I think sometimes it is hush hush. And obviously, although I form relationships, I'm not, you know, best friends with these players that I speak with. So it really kind of depends on how much that they would be likely to reveal. And that's not necessarily one of those things. Great subscriber here asked, who and when will we get our first football recruit in the state of Iowa for 2023? Then someone later said Iowa State already got one, Carson Rhodes from Nevada High School. But then he, this, this person later went on to say, when will we get the next one? I believe that's going to be J.J. Cole, obviously a major name in Iowa. I'll give you two names. I'm a little more confident, at least time-wise, in J.J. Cole. I do think that there's a good chance the Cyclones land Kai Black. There's been a lot of positive buzz there recently. But I believe it's going to be J.J. Cole, and I will say around the first week of April or second week of April, in those first two weeks, there's a good shot. Iowa State will have their top quarterback for the 2023 class in Cole, local product from Ankeny, really impressive kid on and off the field. Over under on the number of football wins. Now, I know a lot of people like this kind of thing because people love talking football all year, and it's something I've really enjoyed so far as well. It's not the easiest schedule by any means, and there's a lot of rebuilding, potentially retooling, as they say, in terms of who the Cyclones have really lost. However, incredibly winnable games non-conference and within the big 12 i've got some relatively high expectations especially at some of these position groups including the bowl game i will say i'll say seven before the bowl game so maybe a seven and five type year at least getting a bowl we'll see something like that they've got a lot to prove potentially after what they've lost but I am a media member that is pretty confident in the talent that's there right now, especially after some of these recent recruiting classes and kind of the longevity and, and continuity of a really impressive, young, hardworking, confident staff is how I would put that. Do I see the basketball coaching staff leaning towards a defensive-minded post player or a guy to come in and improve the offense? It said there's been noted interest in Ganey, like I mentioned, and there would potentially be interest in a Garcia or Joey Hauser if they were to enter the portal. Do I think the staff leans one way versus the other? I don't necessarily. I think the staff is going to look into both, especially I've reported on our site and, and things like that of who I really think is likely to leave after this year. I think that there is some legitimate buzz with Ganey. And I think that there's a chance they land both. I think based on what I've seen this year, if I had to choose one, I would probably say a guy to come in and improve the offense because the team hasn't necessarily been able to rely on a lot of post scoring this season. Um, and part of that's how, how the offense is run. You know, some of it is kind of the skill levels of the big guys, but that hasn't really been a, a consistent trait this team has had this year. And that's obviously one that, I'm pretty confident the staff wants to improve as they continue to contend and kind of ascend in trying to do more of, of some Big 12 contention after a really impressive first year with the staff. What are my thoughts on Iowa State's incoming basketball recruiting class? 
I really like this one. Obviously, they're they're tailoring to my my love of hoops here. I'm very high on this class. I think that point guard Taman Lipsy, who I've had the privilege to watch a couple times now, is going to get some run next year, regardless of how good the team is. I'd like to see more development in terms of kind of his his aggressiveness on offense and primarily his jump shooting ability, but he's got quickness. He's one of the top pure athletes in the state, and he is just a tough kid to crack on the defensive end. So I think he's going to get some run. I think that Watson, it might take a year or two for him to really develop, but just based on his size and natural ability, I think he is a guy that could eventually be a legitimate all big 12 caliber type player, at least kind of contending for that in the starting lineup with a lot of buzz around the conference. But the player whose game I like most completely is Eli King. He clearly fills it up on offense. He's worked so much on his game. I've actually seen the improvement on tape the last couple of years. And I think that's just a really good get for the staff. I can't wait to watch more of him and how he really develops. What do you anticipate being the difference maker in the game this week in the NCAA tournament? Well, it's going to sound cliche, but anyone that watches or follows this team understands it. It's going to be shot-making ability, primarily the guards and wings of Iowa State, Isaiah Brockington, Tyrese Hunter, and the team needs a guy like a Kelsher or a Caleb Grill to consistently hit. I truly believe if Iowa State is able to do that, they win this first matchup in the NCAA tournament because the defensive intensity is going to be paramount to both teams, and it's something that you'll be able to see from both tournament-caliber defenses, top 15 to 20 defenses in the country. Now, although Brockington hasn't necessarily been on his A game recently, he has been the key cog in the offense so much. You know, he's, he's missed some shots, hasn't shot as well recently. That's okay. That happens to many star players. But I expect that to change in Milwaukee this upcoming weekend. And I'm kind of anticipating a, a pretty big Gabe Kelsher game. This is something I wanted to note. Coach Otzelberger shared this with us uh, tonight in the post post-bracket availability. The teams had three players play in the NCAA tournament for a combined 84 minutes. That's it. And these are guys that have been around a long time. Isaiah Brockington, Gabe Kelsher, George Condit. Obviously, that's going to change this week. I think that because their focus is on defense, and this is a team that has really gelled and come together, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think that's necessarily going to hurt them too much. However, it's something to note, and Kelsher was actually the one to perform the best out of those players. I actually remember that game against Louisville a few years back when I was back in college. I believe he had 20 points against Louisville. He's somebody that the team will have to rely on. I'm going to go with shot making for that answer. And I think if Iowa State even just shoots a respectable percentage like a 45 to 48 percent from the field they're gonna have a really good shot to make it to the round of 32 granted they get down they bring it they focus on the defensive end I anticipate they will be especially after the showing in Kansas City two more here a couple late ads Nick what has been the coolest part about covering the Iowa State Cyclones thus far 
I answered one similar to last week, but I'll switch it up a bit this time. I think the coolest part is kind of watching the evolution of, of the team and the coaching staff and how things kind of meld together and change throughout the course of a season, starting lineups, chemistry, rotations, shot making. I think that's been impressive. And I think I mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again because it's truly been better than I anticipated. It's been the interaction with the fans and the strength of this fan base and how much they care and focus, no matter truly what the sport, what the event, who's really playing in it, they bring it for their Cyclones. And it's something that I have not been around a ton in my life. And I've really enjoyed seeing just in my first couple months here. So sometimes it feels like I've been here longer, which I think is a cool thing because we fit so much into it. Nick, what are some of your favorite Milwaukee bars and restaurants Iowa State fans should check out? Person said, I used to live there and now live in the Madison area. Curious how many of our picks would be the same. Now, if we were in Madison, I could give you a good 25 to 30, probably, at least 20. But I have spent many nights in Milwaukee whether it's, you know, trips with my girlfriend, covering the Bucks, or of course, seeing my brother and visiting friends and, and stuff there. I think some spots that you really need to hit, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, a variation here. Strictly food kind of entertainment places. I would say spots like Major Goolsby's, Buck Bradley's, a true amazing tradition I had with some of my friends and family just in the last few years. Points East for wings and kind of a bar feel. And my favorite for a type of food, late night, you're after the game, you're going out, you're having some fun, Oakland Euros. I'm hoping to reunite with some people I used to go with to that incredible establishment it's truly special i would say that spot if you want to kind of go for family time or just to kind of explore get some food maybe check out a spot in the third ward and if you're feeling lucky and you really want to have a night why not hit up potawatomi you, you can do a lot of kind of fun entertainment legal gambling there of course as well maybe spend a few too many nights there after covering the milwaukee bucks but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that spot. And finally, the last question, how would you consider this basketball season a success? What does the team have to do? Well, I believe it is already a success because of the turnaround and making it to the NCAA tournament. However, because of some of the offensive showings or maybe lack thereof, some recent showings and just the fact that the team did get seated as 11th now, I think it would do a lot to be able to win one game in the NCAA tournament. But let me make it clear. It is already a success. It has been one. And I really have been impressed with the staff, and I've got the utmost faith in them this season and for the near future, recruiting, what have you. But I believe it has been a success, and I think a win over LSU – in my incredible home state of Wisconsin, would be a major deal come Friday night. And here I am wrapping this up, and 
I truly, you know, I, I was hoping to cover an NCAA tournament again. And for it to come together like this with a team that's had this type of turnaround back in Wisconsin is truly incredible. So I thank you all for tuning in. I hope that I'm able to meet or see many of you at this game in Milwaukee. I'm blessed that some of my closest family members, friends, and my girlfriend are all making the trip. Maybe some of the Badgers fandom is coming out there as well. But of course, supporting me, supporting the Cyclones, I thank you all so much. Safe travels. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for catching up on the clones. We will see you in Milwaukee.